Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 What's that? Hello and welcome to Rough Trade Radio's Shoplifting with me, Ben Monaghan. Uh, today I'm privileged to be joined in the studio by Riley Walker. Hello. There he is. Um, thanks so much for coming in, really appreciate it. Um, Riley Walker, hailing from Rockford, Illinois, uh, released your fourth album uh, late last year, Golden Sings Have Been Sung on Dead Oceans. Um, the album, along with your, your live shows, continues to receive huge critical acclaim. Um, really enjoyed your your in store here for the last record. Was I right in saying it was the first time you played with that drummer? Oh yeah, this guy, this Portuguese guy, Gabriel Ferrandini. He's a phenomenal player. Yeah, I like when that happens. It was like you played for years, but yeah, you know, sometimes you just get stoned in the in an alley, <laughs> and it just works out. <laughs> Man. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks so much for calling in. Um, so you're in the midst of. A UK and European tour at the minute, right? Yeah, I'm squeezing whatever gigs the people over here let me. I play here so much, but yeah, yeah, we're doing some UK and Euro gigs. You seem to enjoy like the the touring lifestyle. It seems like you you seem quite natural with it. Is that would that be a right? Yeah, I mean, I say? I enjoy it a whole lot. It's I mean, I don't have anything else to do to be honest. <laughs> but you know, I'm not above you know working for a living so I enjoy it a whole lot it's it's hard work and I, I like to stay busy with it for sure yeah well you work you work damn hard and uh, and you see you seem like you're most comfortable when when you're on stage from the times that I've seen you live oh that's all the downers man I'm just <laughs> joking no, yeah you know I love playing it's really fun cool man um be- before I, I go into your your five shoplifting choices I was really intrigued to know when when you first picked up a guitar I know it's probably going way back but I was intrigued to know how how uh, how you got into guitar. You're such a consummate player, you know. How did it kind of begin? Uh, you know, just kind of had guitars at friends' houses, I think. And uh, thank you for the listener at home. Um, our lovely host was adjusting the mic. And uh, well, I just uh, kind of got into guitar through friends and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't really good at much else, and it wasn't even like a natural thing. I think I just sucked at it. I still suck in a lot of ways at it. I'm still always learning. But I think when I was like 11 or 12, I kind of started getting the feel for it, you know? Yeah. Just like playing Led Zeppelin Black Dog and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, were there like a few things that like, with that like instant access to your playing? Like, I was just super into Zeppelin, man. It's like yeah. the only thing I listened to when I was a kid, I think. It's still kind of is the only thing I listen to still. It's a, it's a solid place to start. Oh, man, it's the best. But yeah, just, you know, dicking around at home. Can I say dicking around? Yeah, yeah, you can, oh, cool. you can swear as much as you want, as as I'm aware on this show. Oh, Hopefully. great. Yeah, well, yeah, just getting into guitar and classic rock stuff, and then just kind of somehow wound up here talking in a small booth in a record <laughs> store in London <laughs> when, I, when I'm playing a gig later, yeah. Don't ask questions. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I noticed on your Twitter feed, you mentioned uh, Trapped by Silver Jews, Pet Politics. Is, is, you said something, you listened to that song every day. When you were age seventeen, is that is that right or was that 
No, it's totally right. I, I'm getting older now, and I'm starting to get more nostalgic, you know? Yeah. And uh, somebody put on... There's bands I can't listen to. I, I care about music so deeply, there's music I can't listen to, because it reminds me of... A, not a bad time, just a time I... You've moved on from. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like... Even a record, like... When I was in Chicago recently, like a friend put on... Like a tortoise record. Yeah. And I listen, and I still do. I love that band so much. But I listened to them so intently when I was like a teenager. I'm like, I can't listen to this record. Like, it just, it just takes me to a weird place right now. Where yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to get older, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Silver Juice in particular are huge for that. I can't listen to their records, man. They're so, I mean, they're so good. Yeah. It's nothing like that. It's just, I, it just takes me back to, I'm too scared to get old, you know? Yeah. And it's happening. You know, my gut's protruding. <laughs> Getting bags under my eyes. My hangovers aren't fun anymore. Snap. Yeah, you know, but no, Silver Jews were so big in my youth. It's so, so revolutionary in terms of listening and, yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, that's a great selection of influences, obviously. Set you up on your way. Should we go into your shoplifting choices then? What's what's your first record and uh, and why have, you, why have you chosen it? Uh, well, my first record here is the John Abercrombie Quartet. The record's called Up and Coming. Uh, John Abercrombie is a wonderful guitarist, an English guy, um, kind of jazz fusion-y, um, prog, but I feel like even in prog circles, you know, he kind of doesn't get his due, you know, not like, not like somebody like John McLaughlin or anybody like that, but he's really brilliant. I got him to, excuse me, I got into him first through this record did called Timeless, which came out in like 73, I think it has... Jack DeJeanette on the drums and Jan Hammer on the keys and that record is one of my favorites of all time and he still puts out records pretty regularly and they're all good uh, nothing can really reach timeless that's that's just such a perfect record but this new one he just did that came out last year on ECM which you know he's like one of the original ECM recording artists the German label and it's really good man it's super psychedelic and like the band is cracking on here and uh, this song in particular, uh, Up and Coming, the title track, is really incredible. Like The movements on it are beautiful, and his playing is so fluid and gorgeous. And He's a very, very big hero of mine. And uh, the band on here is killer, too. It's just they work together so well. And I've never seen John Abercrombie live, but I'd love to. It's a big kind of bucket list thing for me. But, yeah, I, I really, really, really admire John Abercrombie. And this record's kind of, a, I think, a return to form in some way. It's, it's really brilliant. Amazing, perfect choice. Well, well, should we play that track? Would you like to introduce the track and we'll play it? Hell yeah. This is the John Abercrombie Quartet Up and Coming from the record also titled Up and Coming.
Okay, so uh, moving on to your your second choice, Riley. What what have you gone for? What what record? Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, MV and EE. That's Matt Valentine and Erica Elders. Um, a New England band, kind of a psychedelic folk band that has a big part of my life and a big part of my teenage years and certainly into today. Yeah. Um, I think MV and EE. You know, they 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 blew up at a time in America where like with like the whole like far out freak folk stuff if you will um but yeah, that music was huge for me man like and it still is they're still making great records but you know at that time it was like wooden wand mv and e uh six organs of admittance yeah uh you know all those kind of weirdo psychedelic folk bands most of them based in new england there's kind of a whole thing like i think um, MVD in particular from Vermont. I don't know exactly. I think where. all of them. Might have, I think we did a rough trade like psych folk compilation around that sort of time. Yeah, see, it was it was and such I a think, big thing, you know. Yeah. And I guess Devenger Banhart was one who got to be the kind of blew up to be a star from it. Yeah. There's so many good bands that came out of that. Um, you know, bands like Magic Markers too, which kind of got lumped in there, and Sunbird Hand of the Man. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite bands of all time too. Yeah, all this like New England kind of weirdo stuff. What is it about New England that... I don't know. Maybe it's the winters, man. Because, like, all the songs, you know, they're, everything these bands kind of do is weirdly kind of dark and grim. New England gets cold in the winter. Yeah. You know, like, everybody in California has money and, like, LSD and legal <laughs> weed, you know? But, I mean, not, not to slag on... Actually, yeah, fuck California. It's <laughs> um, but, you know, like, all the New England bands, just it's something about the woods, too, and the landscape. Maybe you know, feeds into the yeah, but you know it's funny. I I have this theory that like music goes from nature to city like every five years, and this is definitely a nature time in music. I mean, the other big band from this year was obviously like Animal Collective, who came out of this kind of scene. Yeah, and with that record, Sung Tongs, that became just you know larger than life. That kind yeah, of propelled yeah. them to like like actual stardom. Mm-hmm. And you know, all this music is super naturey. It, it definitely has a feeling of being recluse, being have, like isolation. Um, kind of mountainy New England vibe, you yeah. know. And I think we're back to city right now, you know. I like that theory. Yeah, maybe it's because everybody's doing speed again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just yourself included. No, 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 no you know, allegedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, this is definitely a good time in American music, and and really to this day, they're still making like really good records. Um, this one in particular is called Root Void. Um, the label Woods has put it out. Um, which is. Jeremy uh, from Woods, it's his label. He puts out really great records. You can always, whatever you grab, it's usually good. Um, and this song, Much Obliged, the second track off yeah. the A-side, it, it, it's a killer tune. And they just, you know, they've been playing music together so long. Um, they just work together so well. It's just like one fluid, beautiful, beautiful um, melodies they have. And Matt's like... I think one of the most underrated guitar players, man. He's such yeah. a good he's such a good guitar player. I love listening to Matt play and they're very dear friends and I, I really I genuinely owe a lot of 
my coming up listening to weird records to them I, I admire them so much and they still tour all the time and put out great records and yeah so oh, amazing i hope yeah. they hear this and realize that <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, do you want to introduce the track yeah this is mv and ee uh the track is called much obliged So um, yeah, moving on to uh, your third, your third record, your third choice. What have you gone for? Uh, here I have Moonpool and Deadban. Uh, it's more of an EP. It's called Human Fly. It's uh, Nate Young from Wolf Eyes. Oh, yeah. um, it's him and Dave Shetler, uh, two Detroit kind of sound artist people. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Wolf Eyes fan. We had uh, we had them in uh, recently. They played in the shop. 
they did like a Q and A and an idea. Oh, did John do his book thing? John did his book thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, how'd it go? A, a new record called Undertow. They've they've got out. Yeah, um, yeah it's genius. Yeah. Um, it, it, do you know what? I was gutted. I missed it. I desperately wanted to be there, but yeah, I think it was uh, entertaining. I think I think they all got in, went behind the counter, and skinned up and played the strangest DJ set possible across like an iPad. And then John got up and did his thing, and yeah, man, everyone was happy. Yeah, I mean that whole collective is kind of genius. Um, they're, they're pioneers, right? And especially being yeah, I mean from Detroit. Yeah, means I mean, a lot it, there's going to be a coffee table book on those guys one day, man. Yeah, I mean they're Midwestern, and they kind of really they're pioneers for underground rock. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was people before them like Throbbing Gristle doing like Kiss Set releases and self release stuff. Like literally everything they do, they've just made on their own. You know, like. It's kind of maybe died out or just gotten a bit smaller, but, you know, the idea of putting out, like, 100 cassettes a year, yeah. especially in scenes like Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, you know, the Midwest, it's just, like, everybody put out, like, everything, you know? Think about bands like Emeralds, too, and Skaters. They kind of did that big thing at that time 10, 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Wolf Eyes is one of my favorite bands of all time, and... um uh, Moonpool and Dead Band, Nate Young's side project in particular is they have so many side projects. There's like yeah. within Wolf Eyes, there's a hundred different narratives going on. Yeah. And Moonpool and Dead Band is awesome. I think what's kind of understated in Wolf Eyes is the dub influence. Like they're like boom. Like they're yeah. super into just like eerie, creepy, like low end stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean John Olson, like he, you know, he, I'm sure he could talk forever about great dub records he's a he's one of the best record collectors around you know he he's such an encyclopedia of great music mm-hmm. and this Moonpool and dead band record in particular just has like such a creepy awesome kind of dub undertow to it and it's really beautiful and nate's a really understated lyricist man he's kind of has these like paranoid characters yeah. that he sings through and i mean he's a really brilliant guy and i really admire them a lot too and would you ever want to make a record like that with, with someone like that? Or... I, I did. I actually had a record oh, out shit, on American Tapes, John Olson's label, like yeah. five years ago. There was just kind of a fried found sound kind of with this guy, um, Chris Brokaw, the guitarist. Yeah. Yeah, we just kind of did like a collab thing. But um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how I started, man. I have like, I mean, they're not good, but I have probably like, 50 releases under different weird noise bands I was in. And Chicago in the Midwest in general is a great breeding ground for that, you know? Yeah. A lot of really interesting weird art that's, you know, you're kind of isolated in the middle of the country. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this Moonpool and Dead Band record is really incredible. It's an EP called Human Fly. It came out Not Not Fun. Cool. Should we play a track? Yeah, the last track on here, Cyber Rebels, is really cool. It, It kind of takes on this weird, like, Movie soundtrack meets Lee Scratch Perry, you know, meets Mersbo, meets sadness, meets weird happiness kind of things. So yeah, the, the track is called Cyber Rebels from Moonpool and Dead Band. Oh, 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 oh,
Okay, so what have you gone for? What was it? Uh, your fourth choice? What you What are you on? Uh, this record is Blind Owl Wilson, um, guitarist of Canned Heat. Uh, this is kind of a compilation of songs that didn't come out slash songs that were kind of early demos slash songs that were also Canned Heat songs. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say, I hate when people say slash. I, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's um, too late. <laughs> but dude, Blind Owl Wilson is incredible. Um, obviously, his voice is kind of one of the more peculiar parts of Canned Heat. Yeah. But you know, th- this guy just had such a deep, deep, deep love of roots music in America. And he got his nickname from John Fahey, I guess, like Blind Al Wilson, because he like literally has like the worst eyesight. Right. And he was kind of just an off guy. Like all the stories about him were like, you know, he was kind of closed off and really shy and just kind of a peculiar character. And I wish there was more known, but there was actually a really good book on him just came out recently that I've been meaning to read. Um, but yeah, as a guitarist, he's completely understated in the rock and roll history. Was that going on at the same time as Canned Heat? Or was that, yeah, he was yeah. in Canned Heat, but he had like, you know, all these extra recordings laying around that he just did on his own. And it's really beautiful. His voice is incredible. And he's kind of like, he was like really tight. He's a, you know, they're a Bay Area band. So he was kind of tight with Fahey at the time, I think it was in Berkeley. And, you know, so they were both just deep record. Like before record collecting was like, as we know it now, like mm-hmm. cool. Like it was just, you know, they kind of approached it like an Alan Lomax sort of documentarian way. Yeah. I don't like more than like a hobby, you know. It's like they were just in search of like far out roots music, and this compilation is really incredible. Mississippi Records did it, the Portland label. They always do awesome stuff. Um, I think it's the same Mississippi Records. Don't quote me on that. I'd be wrong. But yeah, Mississippi <laughs> Records. There's a yeah, Port. Yeah, okay. Anyways, um, change my ways. The song in here is just an absolutely beautiful boogie tune, man. These guys pioneered Boogie and they kind of took Roots music and brought it to sort of a psychedelic plane. I mean, not that Roots music wasn't already psychedelic. But yeah, the song Changed My Ways off this Blind Al Wilson compilation is really beautiful. And the whole record is killer. It's really good Sunday morning breakfast making music. I always put it on when I'm making breakfast. (laughs) So if you're out there listening to this making breakfast, this next song is for you. It's called Change My Ways from Blind Al Wilson, guitarist of Canned Heat wonderful musician.
Okay, uh, so your your last choice, Riley, what have you gone for? My last choice, certainly not the least, is the Ahmad Jamal trio. Uh, the record's called The Awakening. Ahmad Jamal is an incredible pianist. Um, I think his records are, they're all masterpieces. They're all really incredible. He's a dude who, I think in the last few years, these have been reissued, so he's kind of had a sort of second wave of appreciation. But my, he was like, you know, Miles Davis was a really big fan. of. I think Miles Davis in interviews was always like, you got to check out the Ahmad, like Ahmad Jamal. His compositions are amazing. And, and this this music is really beautiful. Um, there's just like a lot of joy in it. And I think, you know, for many records, sometimes it's hard, but like you can just, there's records you can listen to where just like this person just, their soul exceeds like this sort of existence and they're like truly alien. I'm not like a far out person really, but like th this guy's truly an alien. Like he's not a human being. He's just <laughs> of another planet. No, he's just such a genius, you know? And like a Sun Ra character. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and these tunes in here are just so beautiful and so powerful. And you can just hear the passion and the absolute joy and pain and struggle and, you know, perseverance this guy had, in his life. It, it's really incredible music. Not a slouch at all. One of my favorite pianists of all time. And uh, this whole record is just top to bottom, just completely stacked, like not a wasted phrase at all. <laughs> um, and the band on here is just killer. Frank Gunn and uh, Jamil Nasir. Just like, it's just like a, like a, the heaviest power trio, you know, in jazz. And, uh, this tune patterns on here yeah. is just so far out and so beautiful and not jarring at all. Even to somebody who might not like this music, I think even if you don't like kind of bop or post bop or free jazz or whatever, you know, th this can like immediately grab any listener and just be like, that's really, really beautiful. The guy's incredible. And this record is no joke. The awakening. It's one of the most killer records around. And, um, They've been, I think all this stuff's kind of been reissued lately, and they're all good. There's not really a bad one. So, yeah. Let's play my, a track. My last pick is the Ahmad Jamal Trio. Off the record, The Awakening, the tune is called Patterns.
Um, so that, that's great. Thanks so much for coming in. Really, genuinely appreciate it. Um, I honestly think that if you 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 could get a job here quite easily, you know, your knowledge is uh, is up there. Oh man! You know, if, ever, if, if ever you need. Yeah, I'm um, taking a break from touring, so I'm some, good for minimum wage. You know, My resume is no good. <laughs> Part-time shifts or anything, you know, just give us a shout. But, um, but yeah, hopefully, imagine you're mega busy with touring now, but obviously we'll all be very much looking forward to the next record. Do you get time to write when you're touring, or is it? Yeah, we we're pretty much. Well, not pretty much. Like we're like pretty deep into the next record. It's sounding cool. Yeah. It, it won't be out for a long time, but it it. It's really cool. But listen to a lot of Genesis, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, thanks so much, and we look forward to that next record. Cool. Take care. Thanks for everything. Rough Trade Radio. At the drive-in, enter Aliyah. Available in-store and online at roughtrade.com. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do, so if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.